Welcome to NFL News at Night, presented and hosted by the Flipside Podcast. NFL News is a Flipside miniseries that will be airing during the upcoming NFL season. Be sure to tune in if you like the NFL, football, or hating on the Steelers. And don't worry, you'll still be getting your normally scheduled Flipside content available on any of your podcast streaming platforms. All right, so today I'm here with my friends um, Anakit and Krish, and we'll be talking about preseason takes and um, offseason mistakes. Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Yeah. All right, uh, my, my name is Anakit. Uh, I'm from Atlanta. Um, I lived in Kansas City for seven years of my life, so I'm a diehard Chiefs fan. I hate the Atlanta Falcons. And, uh, yeah, so I've pretty much been playing football the last five, six years or so. So I've kind of gotten a better understanding of the game, and it kind of helps you appreciate the game a bit more already. And, uh, yeah, I've kind of grown up with football. So, yeah. What's up, guys? My name is Chris, and I am from California. I've been living here for 10 years, so that's why I'm a 49ers fan. I've always been a 49ers fan, and I recently got into looking deeper into NFL and the news about NFL, but I've been playing for four to five years now. And ever since um, I started getting into it, I just started to um, learn more about it. And it's just always been an interest to me. So, yeah, that's my connection to football. All right. Uh, my name's Simran. I'm from Virginia. I'm 17. And um, if you know me, you know I'm a Bengals fan. And I, I'm just – I just love football. I just love watching it, love playing fantasy, love being involved in it. So let's get started. Let's let's talk about – let's take it back to the beginning. Um. What really surprised us about last season in terms of who got to the playoffs and, you know, how the Super Bowl went? Anyone can speak on this. I mean, I guess first thing you can say is your Bengals made it real far. Oh, yes, they did. You know, nobody, nobody really expected the playoff push. And again, look at it. yeah, they, they only won the first. Actually, I think they won every game by three points. Um. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really have any blowout wins, which is fine. I mean, you make a Super Bowl, you make a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. They're a fighting team. But, but yeah, there's a fight. they're a fighting team. They made it. They made it far. They played clutch in the clutch moments. They beat my Kansas City Chiefs. Twice. I mean, twice, yeah. But he still lost in the Super Bowl. But, uh, I mean, overall, those that was a big surprise. It was a big surprise for them. And it was a surprise that Tampa Bay – I was really thinking Tampa Bay would make it because – they can maybe take advantage of this fresh Rams team, but well, the Rams got it done in the end. Rams super team, it's crazy, honestly. Oh, yeah. You know, when you talk about a team like the Bengals, people were doubting their offensive line last season, especially going deeper into the playoffs. People still but, doubt it. Yeah, they still doubt it. But when you have a connection with a quarterback and receiver like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, it's harder to stop that duel, right? I I agree with you. NFL teams have great defenses, but when you've been playing with someone since college, you have that chemistry, and that's what the Bengals did in the draft by drafting him rather than uh, Panay Sewell, and that's what allowed them to go uh, to the Super Bowl, which many other teams could not even stop because, you know, they played the Oakland Raiders in the first round, and I just feel like the Raiders could have gone a little more deeper, but um, that connection between Jamar and Joe Burrow is something different, right? I completely agree with you. So let's let's make this a lab real quick question for all of you, uh, both of you. Let's just answer it with two teams. Um, what are two teams do we wish went farther last season? Um, why don't you guys start? Um, two teams. Go to split. Two teams. All right. Uh, I I would say, and we're asking for two teams here. Two teams. Two teams. Um, that went farther. Two teams that I would have wanted to see go farther. Yep. Obviously, 
I'm a, I'm a diehard Packers fan because Aaron Rodgers was the first quarterback I ever watched throw football. So I've had a love for the guy ever since. But uh, I really do wish the Packers kind of made it farther. But, hey, the Niners played a good game, and it really came down to it at the end. It was a snowy day in Lambeau, and the Niners got it done. But, you know, I really feel as if, if they get past that round, you know, Rodgers kind of gets that confidence back in the playoffs, which he hasn't had recently. They may make a push, and I say they win a Super Bowl with – how talented their team was with A.J. Dillon. They had Rodgers. They had Bakhtiari back. I mean, you look at that, I think they could have made a run. And the second team, I'd say, is the Indianapolis Colts. Interesting. Of course, they were led by Carson Wentz, who's a bit of a hit-or-miss guy, a guy who can throw three picks in one game and then also throw six touchdowns in the same game. So, I mean, you really look at them, they had a complete team. They had a great O-line and Quentin Nelson. They had a bunch of other guys. Uh, Alex Mack, I think, or I don't know if he's still in the Falcons. And then you look at them, they had a power back that was just running right down your throats. And Jonathan Taylor, Wentz had weapons, Michael Pittman. He had guys all over the field making plays, Jack Doyle at tight end. And they had a decent defense, which was able to, you know, stop some guys. So, I mean, I feel that they definitely could have made a push if it weren't for them losing in Duval against Jacksonville in the last game of the regular season. So, I think they really make a playoff push if they get there. But those are my two teams, the Packers and the Colts. Um, Keith, when you talk about the Colts, I fully agree with you on that one, mainly because of that offensive line and that running back, JT. He just carried the half of the season uh, by the end last year. And you you know they were going to do super good if they went to the playoffs, but that last game killed them. So uh, regardless of the <laughs> Colts, I would say the team that I wanted to see go more deeper into the playoffs were the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, Mainly yeah. Is Justin Herbert and um, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and that whole entire Chargers team played their ass off against the Raiders. It was just super unfortunate that they didn't take a knee and tie up the game so both teams could go to the playoffs. But I feel like this year they're going to go crazy and they're going to have one of the best teams in the NFL. And no doubt they're definitely making the playoffs and going def- uh, deep into it. Damn, you guys really didn't listen to this no explaining thing, but I'll give you mine. Um, Mine, I would say number one is definitely the Chargers. Um, Herbert's awesome. He's awesome to see play. And I, I wish it last season. My second team would be the Buffalo Bills because I think mm. Allen is, is like a huge breakout Q, um, QB. And they would have gone a lot farther if they if their game wasn't decided by, you know, a coin flip. But that's just my um, personal opinion on it. So those are my two teams. Let's go um, our uh, – Top five teams ranked as of now. And I'm going to go in no particular order because I think that's the safest way. Um, I'm going to say the Cincinnati Bengals, say the Chargers, say the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, um, and then probably the Buccaneers. Those are my top five. Not a bad list, Simran. Thank you. Um, For me – I feel like I would have to put the LA Rams at number one because uh, – do you want me to explain, Simran, or no? No, please don't because the explanation is bad. Oh, LA Rams number one. Then I got the Bills at number two. Um, I would have to put uh, Buccaneers at number three. Um, sorry, I'm taking a little long thinking about this. Uh Chargers at four, and then number five, super biased, my 49ers. Very biased. All right. I would say 
I guess you could say biased a little bit, but also given the fact that they made the AFC Championship, also made a, almost made a Super Bowl off of one of Mahomes' worst years possible, I'd say True. my Chiefs at one. I mean, yeah, it's, it's biased. I can understand it. Number two, I'd say the Bucks. The Bucks have a real strong team in Brady. Now he's got an absurd uh, wide receiver core. They got Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller with a 4-3 40-yard dash. Got a big body tight end, a good O line. I got the Bucks at two. I got the Bills at three with their firepower offense and a solid defense led by Tre'Davious White. I got the Rams at four, where they built a super team. To see how they'll gel together, we'll have to we'll have to take a look. And then I got the Chargers at five. I have a feeling they'd be able to make a bit of a push there if they can get their coaching right and uh, if they can really kind of start stringing things together near the end of the season. No, I mean I agree with you on that Chargers thing. I think they are an upcoming super team. Oh yeah. In my opinion, the mm-hmm. thing with the Rams is, I mean, the thing with the Buccaneers is, I, I know, we know um, Tom Brady is, is the GOAT, but I just, I don't see their reign for so much, lo- that much longer in the future, but that's just my personal take on it. And I'm sure we'll see as the season progresses, how much Tom Brady can really go past his prime. But, so, oh, go ahead. So I'm thinking, let's, if we're, while we're talking about the Rams and Stafford, let's talk about the um, Super Bowl um, in his breakout season. I mean, um, if – oh. I'll jump right in. So, as you know, NFC West, that's the division my team is in and playing against the Rams two times a year, uh, last year three. I really thought we were going to beat them in the NFC Championships. When you have a really good quarterback like Matthew, uh, Matthew Stafford who came from a really bad team yep. and provide him with really good receivers and a really good defense, you know they're going to go super uh, deep into the playoffs, especially even – like you saw last year, win the Super Bowl, right? Yep. And he was surrounded by so many good receivers and so many good offensive linemen and really good defense with a really, really smart head coach. It's hard to lose. And you, we saw that. And them adding Odell Beckham in the middle of the se- season and Vaughn Miller in the middle of the season, um, that just helped Matthew Stafford go on a roll, basically. You saw every every week he was dropping fantasy points like it's nothing, to n- no matter what receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I I agree with you as much as I hate Stafford and the Rams. I agree. Feelings. Okay. I was hoping the Niners would win because um, really my my thought process. Yeah, I was hoping the Niners would win because I wanted a I wanted a um, what is it a rematch for the rematch. third? Yeah, I wanted right. a third, third rematch. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in my eyes, I kind of look at it like this again, like how you were saying, Chris. I mean, yeah, when you provide a quarterback of that type of talent with the weapons that he had in the defense and the old line led by Robert Havenstein, you give him all those weapons, of course he's going to do great things, right? And I expected nothing less of Matthew Stafford. He is an MVP-level quarterback, and you listen to guys that are that were in his division, as in Aaron Rodgers, saying how he was one of the most talented throwers of the football in the league, next to him and Mahomes and stuff like that, right? However, the one thing people are kind of, they kind of look, uh, they kind of look away from is, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he threw for, uh, I think it was 41, 41 touchdowns, right? Which is which is pretty solid, right? It's up there with all those guys. But he also threw 17 picks. So if we if we want to put him in the con- – I mean, he got a big payday. So if we want to put him in the conversation with guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Burrow, Brady, all of those guys, I still don't know if we're ready to have that type of conversation given the fact that the turnovers – are still there. Of course, he's a gunslinger. I mean, you look at it, Brady only threw 12 picks. Uh, Rodgers threw, again, I think under double-digit picks like he's been doing every single year. 
Mahomes threw 13 picks. So, I mean, 17 picks is a good bit. And you could see that in a lot of games where uh, I believe it was against the Cardinals where they got off to a horrible start where he threw like two or three picks in a row. So I'd say this year, if he fixes up those errors and, you know, he really gets those interception numbers down, ups the completion percentage a bit, I really see that they make a very similar push to the playoffs. But I think they definitely need to change that one thing, get him in a groove, and then, you know, the rest is history. And the rest is, well, we'll see what it is. You know, Keith, I definitely agree with that, mainly because when you come to a new team in a new division, it gets time to it takes time to get used to that division, right? Absolutely. And the offense, right? So throwing 17 picks, I feel like for with a brand new team, that's completely normal. Because when he first came to Detroit, he threw 20 picks in his first season. So you can just tell when he moves teams, he throws right. picks, he, he makes mistakes. But I feel like next year, if he continues to get better with the offense, he's just going to get better. Um, and yeah. Right. No, I agree. So let me let me ask the golden question. Are the Bengals making it back? No. <laughs> and, and, the, and, they're going okay. through the playoffs and they're gonna they're gonna get as far they're gonna get far through the playoffs in my opinion. I'm not sure they'll make it back because it's hard to go back two years in a row, but I definitely see them as right. a so, playoff team and going far into the playoffs as well. Absolutely. I see exactly where you're coming from. And and if I look at this from my perspective, I think the Chiefs will go ten and seven. And that's in my opinion, one of the better teams. I mean, right, I, I always thought, okay, every year, okay, guaranteed the Chiefs are going to make AFC Championship and maybe make the playoff, make, maybe make the Super Bowl. There is not one guarantee on the AFC side. There is that not is even, true. there's there's not even, it's literally a toss-up. Any of those teams can make it. The Bills can make it. The Bengals can make it. The Chiefs can make it. Uh, if the Ravens string something together, they can make it. I, hate I mean, there is, uh, the Chargers mm-hmm. can make it. How can I forget the Chargers? Oh the Broncos God, how do you could forget make the Chargers? It. The, the Broncos can make it. I mean, you look at one thing, and it is a little bit of a tangent, but you look at the way Russell Wilson has been approaching this offseason. Wearing Let's his ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> and you look at the way he's approaching this offseason. He's got supreme confidence in himself and his team. He shows up to camp wearing his own jersey. I mean, this man is literally living in a movie at this point. I mean, with that type of confidence and that type of quarterback play from Russell Wilson, they very well could be Super Bowl contenders. I think the weird thing is, when you talk about um, Russ, is that he's been playing in Seattle his whole life, and Seattle is um, water level. And now he's going to play in Colorado, where there's mountains and there's altitude changes. I think we're going to see a huge difference in his passing and other points of his football game. So I think that's something that a lot of people aren't really aware of, but I think it's something we should look out for through, for the season. Let's move it to the draft. What team do we think performed the best in the draft, and what team performed the worst? So for the draft, I would have to say the Jets definitely performed the best because they got three first-round picks, really good picks. Garrett Wilson, they got a really good corner, Sauce Gardner, and Jermaine Johnson the third, really good edge guy for Robert Sala defense. And they got a new running back, which they really needed uh, with a great offensive line. So, yeah, the Jets definitely did really good. And I feel like another team that did really well are the the Packers, mainly because they got really good defense. And they snatched the receiver in the second round, Christian Watkins or Christian Watson, who is going to be really beneficial to replace Devontae Adams. So those two teams, I feel like they did really good in the draft. Okay. Uh, my two teams, I'd say 
Number one, I'd say Baltimore. Just, you know, I don't want to say the Jets again. So I'd say Baltimore. They got a steal at Hamilton when they got him at a 14th overall. They also got a real strong offensive lineman, Tyler Lindenbaum. I mean, he's a really solid center to, you know, protect uh, Lamar. So Baltimore did a real good job there. And secondly, I'd go with my Chiefs because we picked up a really solid corner in Trent McDuffie. And uh, we got two first-round picks, so we got a steal with Karlaftis at 30. And he, he pretty much made a huge impact on the Boilermakers. Uh, he wreaked havoc on offensive lines. And, you know, we were 29th in outside run defense due to our lack in depth. Uh, so a big body in Karlaftis really fills that gap and takes the pressure off Chris Jones and Frank Clark. So, yeah, those are my two teams. Uh, I'll give ones that I thought really did well. I'm a big fan of what the Detroit Lions are trying to do here. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're trying to build up a franchise of some sorts, or at least a real team. I think getting Aiden Hutchinson at that um, pick, I think that was really lucky. And, you know, I'm glad they did it. I think he's going to be awesome for their team alongside Swift. And, you know, we know who's throwing the ball. But they can tank and maybe get a better QB yeah. um, next year. What about uh, teams that should have performed better? So, for that, I would have to say Washington Commanders. I just don't think what they were doing going into the draft. I know they needed a receiver. They got Jaha Dotson while Traylon Burks was still on the board. So, I feel like that was a better option for them. And then with their third, second, and fourth round picks, they just picked random linemen out of Alabama. And they just basically picked the third best option when they could have had the first best option. And, you know, that I feel like will hurt them in the future because – making bad draft decisions for a team that might even place last in their division is is key. Like you can't do that. That's that's just unacceptable for 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 a team with a really good uh, division power. Uh, I'd say I'd say the biggest disappointment team that did horribly was the uh, New England Patriots. You know, I expected a lot from Bill Belichick and uh, with the 21st overall pick in the first round, he picked a absolute no-name center in yeah. or no left guard in Cole Strange and some random guy from Chattanooga and I really have a feeling that, that befuddled a lot of Patriots Nation there and I really don't think that that's how you utilize your first round pick and if you're going to get an offensive liner get a well-known one get someone who's got a lot of you know snaps under their belt and uh, you want to really protect Mac Jones so yeah they definitely could have performed better but yeah I agree with you on that Anakit. I I feel like they could have picked way better linemen and I know every time they picked the receiver, which I feel like they needed in the first round, they never ended up doing well. So I guess going with the offensive lineman was a smart move, but picking the wrong was was where they messed up at. Right. No, I mean I, I totally agree with you guys. But let's let's move on to the um what we think the craziest offseason trades and news are. I, I think Julio Jones moving, I think that was a big one. That that was my thing. What about you guys? You want to go first, Chris? Yeah, so like we talked earlier, um, I feel like Russell Wilson to the Broncos. I feel like that just changed the whole NFL, especially with the division that they're in. They're in the AFC West, and I feel like that's the hardest and the best division in football right now. You got four really good teams competing against each other, and that just makes the AFC more stronger. I think it just changes the whole dynamic of the Broncos having really good young receivers and a really good defense with a new coach that you know can fix a really good offense uh, with uh, with really good uh, receivers. I feel like they'll go deep into the playoffs, and yeah. 
Yeah, I, I see you're completely right. You know, they got guys like Pastor Tain, Justin Simmons on that defense to really put it together. They got Russ protected by a good line, good receivers. I think they'll do great. But uh, you guys are talking a lot about quarterbacks, which I think is already something that should have been – that is pretty much, you know, estimated. Everyone already knew quarterback market was going to go up. We knew, you know, big-name guys like Kyler Murray were going to be signing massive deals, guys like Matthew Stafford. All these guys are going to be signing huge deals. But the real crazy thing about this offseason, which really separated from everything else, were the wide receivers. 100%. And it all started off by Cardinals wide receiver Christian Kirk moving to the Jacksonville Jaguars, getting a four-year, $72 million contract, which completely changed the dynamic in which we look at wide receivers and the wide receiver market. He started making $18 million a year. And, you know, for you guys, you might be a little confused, right? Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the NFL, is making $15 million a year. Mm-hmm. A random no-name receiver is making eighteen. And then we had Devontae Adams completely shake He's the realm. He's leaving. Absolutely. He left, he left the Packers and shook the market, signing a five-year, $142 million contract, making $20 million a year. And then just an icing on the cake to really completely destroy this market. Tyreek was granted a train from Kansas City, which took the NFL by storm when he signed a four-year, $120 million contract with Miami with $72 million guaranteed. Meaning that he makes nearly $30 million a year, making quarterback money as a wide receiver. I feel as if that's, that's one thing that really separated this offseason. What do you guys think about that? I'm really Play. excited to see the wide receiver change and how we have different um, receivers on different teams that we haven't seen them on before. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that really I really like is Devontae Adams going um, to the Raiders. Because also we know that um, Devontae Adams played with Derek Carr before. So they have yeah. chemistry. Yeah. So, I mean – I probably shouldn't be saying this, but could we see a possible, you know, Jamar and Burrow thing like we've mm-hmm. seen in Cincinnati? I mean, it's very possible because the, the options open. I actually never thought of that, Simran. So I feel like you made a good point, but um, these these receivers that played with really good quarterbacks, like Tyreek Hill played with Mahomes, Devontae Adams would played with a MVP quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. How would their dynamic change with the new uh, quarterbacks that they have? Like, is, are they going to be as good as they were before? Or, like, are there is their, like, level of competitiveness and, like, their skill lowers with the team that they uh, got traded to? I just don't know how. Well, we'll now we for- know the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to be leaning on Juju as yeah, one Juju of their top wide receivers. MVS. about that? MVS, um, yes. Honey kids, how do you feel about that? Uh, to be honest, I'm feeling good because uh, if we look at it, Juju was an elite receiver before he got hurt. Yeah. And uh, that's with a Ben Roethlisberger who was aging. So I really feel as if there's a good quarterback putting the ball in his hands. I mean, we still do- – oh, wait, actually, we don't have Josh Gordon anymore. But, I mean, we still got a lot of receivers out there. We still have Kelsey, and we still have the speed and Miko Hardman and Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield. I feel as if even though these guys aren't big-name receivers, I think we're going to be seeing some big things from this Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver core based off of the dynamic ability and that Mahomes I'm brings happy, to the table. I'm happy to revisit this. When um Juju starts dancing on logos again. Oh God, I really okay. Have to be and and let's like no doubt, like oh okay, well, you want to move on? Okay, let's let's move on. Um, let's talk about offseason mistakes. And I think the greatest one that at least I see is Kyler Murray in the whole like the clause where he mm-hmm. has to watch tape and the fact yeah. that they took it away like this morning or yesterday. I think that was a mistake from the um. The Cardinals part. They've really let the social media bully them into taking away a clause out for, for a pro quarterback who shouldn't be getting paid that much if he's not going to view tape. Yeah. 
no doubt. Uh, I fully agree with you on that one because if you're paying a guy the second most amount of money guaranteed in the NFL, you better be fully um, guaranteed that he was going to watch film and be a true leader to the team. Like, you can't just throw it up there and hope he watches film so when game day comes around, he's not scrambling around like a little girl trying to throw the ball and trying to read hey, defense. Hey, hey, hey. Don't talk about girls. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it, it, it's weird because you look at QBs, right? Um, every QB at every level watches tape. High school yeah. quarterbacks watch tape. College quarterbacks watch tape. It's the fact that he doesn't watch tape, it, it, it's baffling to see that he even made it this far as a pro quarterback and doesn't watch tape. He's just too busy playing Call of Duty. Oh, for sure. Dreaming right. about his MLB. And the thing is, the Cardinals just uh, acquired Marquise Goodwin, who is also his Call of Duty partner. So I don't oh, know how it's going to be for the Cardinals this partner. year. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like this is also one of the biggest blunders we've seen this NFL season. And uh, I think people are kind of surfacing over the fact that this may be a greater issue at hand because four hours of film study a week is the bare, bare minimum. Yeah. Right, that's that's laughable. That's not even. Why aren't you watching? Right, so to really think that a team doesn't have enough faith in their quarterback to watch the bare minimum of film is pretty pathetic. And if you look at it, a year ago, Kyler Murray said in an interview that he has the ability and he has the talent to just go out on the field, see things that come to him, and then make plays deciding off that. He pretty much said how he does not need film, and then today he goes on and says. I've done enough film study to really master this game, and I wouldn't be where I am without this, right? So I feel as if this this really did change this dynamic as he literally called it a joke in the press conference after signing the money and the fact that you'll sign a massive contract without reading the contract. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's one thing to have the disagreement with the front office of the Cardinals, but to have a disagreement after you sign the contract after you've already made the agreement, it, it's, it's laughable to see what's going on with the Cardinals right now. Mm-hmm. Can we move on from um, the Cardinals for a second? We got anything else that we think? Yeah, I do. Stay? So not only the Cardinals signing uh, their big name quarterback to another extension, I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns trading for Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans for 2022 rounds one. And four picks, and then trading away their future, right? Their yep. future for a guy who possibly not even touched the field as a Cleveland Brown member. How do you guys feel about that? I feel like it's just stupid of the Browns to take a hit or miss with the possibility of their franchise quarterback not being able to play. Right. I feel as if that's a really good lead out, uh, lead on. Uh, I feel as if this is really it's it's really out there in the middle, right? It's like you really look at it as a gutsy situation, but they really did trade for one of the most talented quarterbacks out there in the league, right? Mm -hmm. Again, he hasn't played in two years. We don't know how he'll play. And they've done it in such a way where that he's already paid off all 23 of his civil lawsuits. Lovely. Right, which means as as bad as it is, and it's it's a horrible look for the NFL. He's so-called in the clear, but he'll still get a suspension because, you know, Brady got suspended for however many games for a deflate game that wasn't his fault. So he'll get suspended. However, the Browns have structured this contract in a way which they won't be taking a hit if he doesn't play this season, right? Think about it. This season, if he doesn't play, if he plays or doesn't play, he gets $1 million at the end of the year. That's all. 
one million. So it's actually better for him if he wants to sit out. And if he sits out, they get a top draft pick, right? Because they're in a tough division. They lose the division. They got a tough schedule. They lose out. They get a top draft pick. Pair him with Deshaun Watson next year. And you've got a super team on your hands. Defense led by Miles Garrett, uh, a good linebacker core, Grant Delpit, and they got Denzel Ward out there. I mean, I feel as if it's very much – it's really murky waters when you're talking about this because of all the lawsuits. But in the end, it could pan out as a good move for the Browns. No, I agree with what you're saying. But, I mean, a lot of what you're saying, there's a lot of moving pieces here, right? Absolutely. Like, number one, we haven't seen Deshaun Watson play. I mean, we saw his practice videos, and those weren't awesome. Right, but, yeah, right. you know, we know he loves assaulting women. And, and, and to the other side of that, we see how the NFL is, you know, talking about how they're the ones for change. They're the ones put in the, you know, Black Lives Matter. They're the ones yep. put in, doing Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You know, NFL will do everything in their power to prove how good the organization is, how, you know, how good, like, the people are, how good the players are. And the fact that, you know, they let players with 23 um, lawsuits or 23 charges or whatever it is, it's not just um, Deshaun, but it's other players as well, continue to play in the NFL after being, you know, charged so many times. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not a good look for the NFL because they're they're preaching something completely different. And, and I think that's that maybe it's not an offseason mistake, but I think that's a mistake within the franchise of, you know, the NFL itself. I agree. Yeah, you make you make a great point with that because it's again a laughable scenario when you mm-hmm. think about how they're treating this Deshaun Watson case compared to Calvin Ridley being away from the game for mental health related issues, where he wasn't a part of the team at all. He yep. participated in a little bit of gambling on his own team, and he gets suspended for an entire year. Yeah, it's laughable. It why, is. Laughable. I, I just believe like the way NFL decides who's going to be suspended for how long is, like you mentioned, Anakit, laughable, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just crazy to me how people will um, just assume someone is... um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I feel like it's just they need to fix the way that they're um, deciding who gets suspended and for how long. Absolutely. I agree with that. It all runs back to the same thing. The NFL presents themselves as some, you know, top-tier dynasty of happiness and good fortune but it's yeah. it's simply not what they're doing because you you look at what they're doing for you know gambling is a whole year of you know you're you're not playing but you know this guy can assault multiple different women and you know he's only missing what seven games <laughs> it, right. it, 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 it's, it's a little insane and i think you know that could be an episode in itself right Correct. But yeah, let's just move on to a happier topic. Off-season released helmets. Oh yeah. Ooh, I'm a big fan. Um, as a Bengals fan, we have been waiting for the dawn of the white helmets, the white tiger NFL Bengal helmets, and they finally come. And they, you know, I wish they looked a little different from our original helmets, but I love them nonetheless. Why don't you guys tell me, you know, your favorite helmets? So and you're. All right, you're gonna you're gonna like to hear this. Bengals at one. The white tiger helmet is crispy, it is clean, it is beautiful. I love that, it. that white tiger helmet is amazing. And yeah. at number two, let's rank them together. Let's rank them together as okay, a right. human of list. Bengals at okay. first, for sure. I agree. Bengals at right. first. Have to go okay. with the Panthers. 
because that all black with their all black jerseys look really, really nice. Right? I don't know if they deserve a second, though. Okay, who do you got, Simmer? I would say the Texans because I love the red. I think it's a pop of color. It's going to look good in their stadium. It's going to look good with all of their jerseys. I mean, I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Interesting. I feel I feel Cardinals. I think we're sleeping on the fact that it's an all-black mm-hmm. gloss helmet that goes perfectly with that black and red theme of the entire Cardinals organization. You look at their stadium – Black and red theme. You look at their uniforms, black and red. I feel as if that alternate helmet is beautiful. I think they just copied the Falcons. They absolutely did. But but it looks nice with their jerseys, yes. You know what? I I can agree with that. Let's go with Cardinals at second. Yeah. Okay. Then can we go Panthers third? Because that just looks beautiful with the black jerseys. And I will look great throwing picks in those. So um, (laughs) let's just go with that at number three. Uh, what about but what about Jets as an honorable mention? We're talking about a yes. all black with a little bit of that green with the green face mask. Mm-hmm. Think about it with that. They'd be wearing that with the home or is it alternate? It, I alternate. think they're all alternates. Oh, okay, okay. They're all alternates. Uh, yeah, I mean, what about the Eagles, guys? The Eagles. Ah, the Eagles the it, looks, it looks the same. It yeah, it looks the same. I feel like they should have uh, made the like the wings a little green. Yeah, that would have looked yeah. nicer. The Cowboys uh, is terrible. Yeah, it's the garbage. Bears is kind of nice. Garbage. The all the all orange Bears helmet is kind of nice. I mean, it does look like a traffic cone. Absolutely, yeah. that's why I'm not a big fan. So I don't necessarily go Panthers or Saints at three because Saints is also clean. Saints is also clean. Are those clean the, on there? Those yeah. are like it's the lighting. No, that's the that's their logo on there. It's just like tiny pieces of their logo. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, oh, that's, but that I feel is like, actually I like that a lot. That's yeah. crazy. But the jersey that they're going uh wearing them with, it's just it just looks ugly because all white and then black helmet it just doesn't look nice to me. Yeah, yeah. fair. Yeah, okay. No, I, I I agree. All right. And now that we've you know talked about the helmets, really important. Uh let's <laughs> acknowledge that the preseason is difficult mm-hmm. and that it's weird that they're putting the Bengals against the Rams. Uh-huh. Right, that's fair. And I feel, as if, I feel as if a lot of people hate on preseason. A lot of people think it's kind of useless. In my opinion, I think it's kind of useless. But that doesn't take away from the fact that there's a lot of things that you can really take away from this preseason. You really get to see these draft picks show out and these prospects really show out. You get to see Aiden Hutchinson. You get to see these guys like, you know, Trey Lance last year. You're able to see Malik Willis this year. You're able to see the guys that you drafted, the guys that you've been waiting so long to see. And you get to see the first round picks, the second round picks, the third round picks, fourth round picks. No, you're able awesome. to really, huh? It's awesome. I agree. Yeah, and you're able to see the depth in which your team really brings out. So, and, oh, go ahead. And Sorry. if like if your starting quarterback gets injured, and you know you've got a solid quarterback as a backup, I mean, it really just it brings a little bit more to the game. And especially if you have a good team, like if you have a terrible quarterback that's a backup, okay, it's pretty garbage. But if you've got a really exciting rookie, like. I mean, for you guys, you might be putting in Trey Lance a good bit in the preseason to get him some reps. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be really interesting to see Trey Lance go out there and ball out. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, um, a lot of new players are able to show what they got in the preseason. And I feel like it's super important to find those diamond in the rough players that many teams can use and utilize in, like, say, special teams and all that random stuff. And, you know, last year we found Elijah Mitchell, which was – a sixth round pick, right? Yep. And 
that was just shocking to me because we didn't like it's basically impossible to find those good players in those late round uh, draft picks. But there are some players that can show up during preseason and allow their team to be better. So I personally enjoy watching the preseason only the first half of it. Mm-hmm. And by the end, it just gets a little boring for me. So, yeah, I, I fully enjoy it. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I mean, that's the sort of only the only thing that can be spoken on the preseason. In regards to the season schedule and predictions, what are what are our hopes realistically from both the AFC and the NFC? Like, right. we start off with the AFC North, or I, I, I'm talking about the AFC in general, and then the oh. NFC. Like, oh. I'm saying, like, what team do we think is going the farthest? What are okay. we thinking about the Super Bowl? So what division do we AFC? think is the hardest? Okay. So for the AFC, we already know this is the hardest conference in the NFL and the best conference in the NFL. And my pick for who's going to the Super Bowl is definitely the Bills, right? And the or the Chargers. Between mm. those teams, I feel like they have really good young quarterbacks with really good defenses and offenses overall. And yeah, those two teams are probably going to show out the most. Interesting. I say it's I say at number one, we got the Bills, and at number two, I say we got the Chiefs. Mm. It's going to come down to that AFC Championship somehow, and I have a feeling whoever wins that goes to the Super Bowl, and whoever wins that wins the Super Bowl, I think. I would like to see the Bengals and the Bills in an AFC Championship game. I think mm. that would be awesome, and I think we're going we're gonna to see them play already in December around Christmas, so I think that's yeah. going to be a little bit of a pre-show. And I think it could be great. In regards to NFC, honestly, I, I think I think we could see um, Green Bay. And I know that oh, might be an interesting wow. um, take. Whoa. But people have been talking on, um, on Aaron Rodgers for so long, myself included. I'm not a big fan, but people, people keep telling me how good he is. And, yep. and you know, we, we all used to say, hey, it's because he had Devontae. Now he doesn't have Devontae. Correct. Can he still get to the playoffs? Can he still make it through the playoffs? I don't think he'll get to the Super Bowl, no. But just to prove that they can make it through the playoffs, and which is, shouldn't be hard given their division, but like go through the playoffs, I mean, I'd like to see he's actually old Old people say he is. And then for the other team, I I think um th- this is interesting, right? Because the LA Rams, they, they played really well, and they could really be pulling something together. But then we also have the 49ers, which, you know, they, they want to be there. They really want to be there. So hmm. I'm going to go with the Rams just because I like to piss off Krish. Um, so I think I think going to be the Rams and the Packers. I think that would be an interesting game. So, I think Bucks and Rams. So for me, I would have multiple teams in the NFC going. Not only two, but like you mentioned, Packers, I really like them because if we think about it, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy and without Devontae Adams before, right? Yep. So yep. why is it not possible again? And with an even better head coach. Uh, secondly, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they added Julio Jones to this already good offense with really good, ta- talented receivers like uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And I feel like they're just going to be super explosive in the NFC South division. Lastly, I would have to say my 49ers, I feel like, Kyle Shanahan is going to change that offense with Trey Lance, and they have a really good off- defense with a top secondary that's super underrated, in my opinion. So, yeah, those are my three teams that I feel like that are going to do super good in the NFC, and yeah. Hmm. Okay. I feel as if the Bucks will make it. 
Number one is the Bucks, you know, just because given the strength of that team. Two, I'd say is the Rams most definitely because the Rams have just – they are the uh, epitome of a perfect team. And then three, uh, three I've got the Packers. Three I've got the Packers. So a very similar list to you guys and, you know, you guys. Yeah, all right. we're all thinking the same thing. Yep. Um, In regards to, like, um, how hard the divisions are, oh. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We know that the um, – the AFC West is the yep. hardest division. I think that's established. And you know, yep. let's let's rank it like we rank the um the helmets. I would say AFC West is the hardest division, just based on now that we have Russ in the mix. They, they were already very difficult, but at least before there was Russ, there was before Russ was there, you could like compare it to the AFC North in terms of like strength. Mm-hmm. But n- now that Russ is there in the AFC West, it's a whole other ball game. Okay. Like yeah, we might we we ideally see three of those teams going into the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. And. I would, yeah, I would, sorry, Um, yeah, you're right, AFC West, number one, and second, I would have to put AFC East, because they got four really good teams, and four really underrated teams, so, besides the Bills, Um, so yeah, Bills, obviously, they're a competitor, the Dolphins really have a, a really good team with a new head coach, and I feel like like the Patriots made it last year in the second half. They're going to make it. And then you saw the Jets. Really good uh, draft. And I feel like they're going to just build up with Zach Wilson. And it's just going to be the second best division in the AFC. See, and the whole NFL. I hate to be that guy. But I'm going to be that guy. I- I'm really thinking the AFC North as, in terms of like mm. second team that's hard. I think, I think it's a really good um, you know matchup here. Because you got Lamar Jackson, and Lamar, we all know he's good. As I don't like to admit it, but he's very good. And right. the, the Ravens are great. The Bengals, Super Bowl team. Um, the Browns, as we talked about briefly before, they're they're on they're on the road to making something crazy out there, and they already have a hell of good defense. So I mean, those are three explosive teams. I think all three of those teams actually no, three of the four um, AFC North teams went to the playoffs last year. I think we're forgetting that. Like I know the Steelers, they're rebuilding. I get that. Yeah. But they're going to be good. They are yeah. just never bad, right? Especially with their they're mid. They'll be mid, but that's still. I still think that that's a harder divi- um, harder division than the AFC. So that's just my personal opinion. That's fair. Yeah. So I think honestly, in terms of the AFC, that's how that would work. Let Let's move on to like the NFC in regards. What is the hardest division on the West? West. NFC West. West is the best. That is true. Yeah, in the both West cases. I mean, you look at the AFC West is the best in the AFC and in the NFL, and the NFC West is the best here. We got Kyler Murray, and again, people are saying they might not do good, but Kyler Murray still has uh, Hollywood Brown, and after the first seven games, he's going to get back one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins. They got Chase Edmonds in the backfield. They got Kenyon Drake. They got a really good, solid play caller in Cliff Kingsbury running that West Coast offense. I have a feeling, you know, Kyler Murray is still one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL. We've not seen someone who can run like him since Russell Wilson. And again, uh, I'm talking about in the pocket, like out in outside the pocket. We've been able to see guys like Lamar go outside of the pocket and scramble. But I'm talking about just like in that pocket and behind the line of scrimmage, the way he just maneuvers around and makes plays happen, it's something that we've not seen in a long time. So I think I think they make it real strong. The Rams are, of course, the contender. The Niners with Trey Lance. Trey Lance looks real good. He's got a magic arm. He looks like a great value version of Mahomes, as Chris mm-hmm. would like to say it. And Seattle's, of course, rebuilding. And if they get a good quarter, 
I forgot who. No, they don't have a quarterback. Never mind. They got Drew Locke. Yeah, the Seahawks are going to stink. So, for the Cardinals, I would have to disagree with you, hmm. mainly because we've often seen that Cliff Kingsbury can do really good in the first half of the season. And then throughout the years, we've seen like every time they hit that half point mark, they just beat, they're just super bad after that, right? Like, We've seen that, and I feel like even if they do make the playoffs, they're going to be like a first-round exit, mainly because I don't think their defense is as strong as people think. Hmm. No, I agree. I agree. And I think it's easy to say that the NFC East is the um, is the least competitive division in there, and then the other two really could be a toss-up. So, Wait, did you just say NFC East is the least competitive? In that division, I would say so. I, I would say the conference. North. No. No. The North. Because no. oh wait, never mind. I forgot the Vikings are in there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the East. The East is actually. Yeah. I mean, if you really no, no, look, no. Yeah, that's true. The NFC East is terrible. I mean, the NFC South is pretty pathetic too because Atlanta's going to be horrible. Atlanta yep. has no stars because yep. Calvin Ridley's out. Matt Ritter Ryan's is going to be starting. Yeah, Matt Ryan's out. They have no running back. The Panthers stink because they have four quarterbacks and Matt Corral. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, some other garbanzo bean no, quarterback. It's, it's, it's bad either any way you put it. Right, it's pathetic. Yeah. But yeah, NFC no. East is the worst. To be honest, I only see the Buccaneers doing good and the Saints. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Like, no, not even the Saints, though. The Saints only Saints have, have really Hill. The, Saints, the Saints are rebuilding. Yeah, yeah. But they have a really good defense. You got to think about that because last year they were super close to getting uh, into the playoffs, right? Um, yeah, they were close. They were you close. never know. I think it's a hit or miss with the Saints. Interesting. Okay. I mean, yeah, it makes sense to me. Well, let's let's go let's go more get get back into this preseason thing. Um, what games are we most excited? About? No, not preseason. Is that what I said? What did I say? You said preseason, but I think you mean week one. Yeah, let's go into week one and talk about what games we're most excited about and which ones we think are gonna be the hardest and probably the most entertaining. I'll start it off. Buffalo and the Rams. Oh yeah. That's going to be insane. And kickoff, and it's prime time. I'm excited. They didn't miss. That was that was, that was good. That was a good, good call. Who do you guys think is going to win between these two teams? Because these Buffalo. are really two Buffalo. good Buffalo. high-powered offensives, right? Buffalo, um, yeah. I, I got Buffalo too, guys. But I, I'm just super excited for this game because, like, it's just – this is how you build excitement. When the NFL does two good teams in the beginning of the – Season, you just know it's going to be a good season. Oh, we are I mean, excited. Think about it. Like, one of the things – I mean, if we look at this schedule right here, right, we've got – Russell Wilson has not beaten – there's only two teams Russell Wilson's not beaten in his entire career. And if he beats these two teams, then he's beaten every team in the NFL. He hasn't beaten the Chargers. They played them twice this year, and he has never beaten the Seahawks, of course. They play the Seahawks in week one. He gets a little revenge game. Then we look at the Packers. The Packers play division rivals Vikings. Chiefs play the high-power Cardinals. And then we got, I know Simran's going to like that one, Steelers-Bengals. It's going to be a blowout. And it's at home? Come on. Uh, oh, okay. It's going right. to be a blowout, in my opinion. I don't think this All right. And, and we got And we got Patriots-Dolphins, too. No, I mean, it's great. I, I'm really Wow, this is a beautiful they, week one that we're looking at. They did a good thing. You know, the, a good thing. You know, a game that we're sleeping on is Chargers the Raiders versus- and the Chargers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 100%. That is a game we are sleeping on. Yeah. I agree. I feel like the Raiders secretly went really well this offseason. And 
I feel like the Chargers just want that revenge for not letting them go into the playoffs last year. Absolutely. And overall, I feel like this is a really good. Is it a primetime game? I can't tell. Is it? No, it's not. It's no, yeah, but it's it's a four twenty five game. Yeah, primetime yeah. is Broncos and Bucks. Oh yeah, this is the uh, Eastern time. I'm in the West, so yeah. See, sorry about that. Yeah, it's all good. No, I mean I agree. So let let me ask the age old question. Uh, what are our big takes for the season? And I will give you mine. You guys will hate me, but I'm going to give it anyway. Um, I feel like the Rams are completely overrated. Oh, wow. Completely is a stretch, but uh, let, they let are me, overrated. Uh, they are overrated. Number right. one, Matthew Stafford, as and we know he's, he's a good player, and he had just moved over from the Lions. But it's the fact that the L.A. Rams were just super, a super power team, right? They had no salary cap. They had yeah. every single player in every single position, and they had the best player there. And it's the fact that they almost lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, and they would have lost if there was an O-line. And I'm not saying, like, oh, blah, blah, the Super Bowl's rigged. I'm just saying that I think we're giving them a little bit too much credit for a team that base almost lost. I mean, that's just my – and I'm also okay. biased as a Bengals fan, but that's my two cents on a team that I don't think is going to go back to the Super Bowl this year. Okay. Hmm. Um, for me, it's going to have to be the Broncos. I know it can be surprising to a lot of people, but the Broncos, I just feel like, have a really, really young receiving core. I know people have been hyping them up, but like, I feel like Jerry Judy hasn't even broken out with like a... They, they had a really good pass off. Or I shouldn't say that, but they had a pass offense which was targeting him mostly right but he still didn't break out but I know that will probably change he's gonna do really well I feel like the whole team's gonna do well overall but I just don't think they're gonna go super deep into the playoffs hmm. okay okay <laughs> yeah I mean that's fair yeah. that's fair I mean that's that's a pretty big take right there saying I know you know, earlier sorry sorry no, you go you, you go I know earlier I said they have a really good offense and defense, but now thinking about it, I just feel like their receiving core is just too young. And this is their first year with Russell Wilson, and their chemistry might not be there just within one season. And you know that you also got a new head coach that Russell Wilson uh, is going to have to learn to play with. Right. And overall, I know it, like the defense will play good, but like I just don't trust their offense fully, even with a really good quarterback at under center. Okay. Okay, and lastly, I just want to say, I think the Dolphins are going to do something here. Because, I mean, with the with the amount of weapons that they have, it's impossible to do bad. You've got Tyreek Hill. You've got Jalen Waddle, two speedsters right there. Uh, you got Mike uh, Mike Gesicki there. You got Raheem Mostert, and he's at the high. He got the second highest. Raheem! Raheem, indeed. I love that guy. And he, he tore people up when he was on the – when the Niners made the Super Bowl run with Garoppolo, he tore yes, every team up in the playoffs. That, Packers. That is still a weapon. Yes, sadly the Packers. Four touchdowns, baby. So, I mean, I have a feeling they do something. I don't think they'll really make the, a playoff push, but if Tonga Valoa can get it going to a turn the ball over, I, I have a feeling, you know, they, they can go do something. But, yeah, that's all I got to say. You know, like – I, I agree with you on that, but they have a really good head coach. Mike McDaniel is a really underrated coach who sat under Kyle Shanahan and coached with Kyle Shanahan for uh, his whole entire career, right? 
And yep. you know how they worked Debo Samuel with that wide back position last year? That was mainly <laughs> Mike McDaniel because he was the one calling the run plays. And right. I feel like that's what he's going to do with Jalen Waddle. So I feel like it will be a, a big breakthrough for their offense, especially with the new add-ons that they have and a really good offensive line. So I can't right. wait to see what the Miami Dolphins have because I feel like they can make it deeper into the playoffs. Absolutely. No, I mean, I, I think I think that's what we got for you guys here. Um, thanks for listening to the first episode of NFL News at Night. And tune in for the next one. So catch you all on the flip side. Thanks. Thank you all for being here. Of course. All right. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Peace.